friends and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chair Shop Podcast. We are back once again for episode number 634. Uh, we're closing in on the end of the year. Another one in the bag. Uh, we'll be back again in 2024, of course. But before that, we've got another probably three episodes, I think. We go for our little Christmas break, maybe. We'll see. Sounds about right. We'll see. Actually, yeah, including this one, three more, and then that the week after that is Christmas Eve. So we'll be off that week. So there uh, you go. Including this one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah including this one. So we've got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of news, um, a few reviews here and there, a bit of film, a bit of telly that we've been watching. Um, but I'm joined by, of course, as always, uh, the producer and my good pal, Paul Griffin. I wouldn't be here without him because otherwise no one would edit the fucking show. That's why. <laughs> That's why I mean, Paul's always here. If if there was an emergency where <laughs> mid recording, like you and Barry had the files, yeah, I was whisked away to a hospital or something. Probably you could put something up. You'd figure it out. I could I could figure it out. I think it's more the. Of course, you know I'm a, a well, you know I'm a professional. I work for a podcast editing, recording. Precisely, company. Um, it's more logging into all the shit and uploading. That's the, that's the whole part. Anyway, you you could get a Mediafire link out to people. I could, I could, I could go print it on CD-ROM and Post it. go to yeah. all twelve of our listeners and say, go, go here's, house, house. "Here's an MP3. Uh, do with it what you will." Anyway. News. How are you, Paul? How you been this week? Uh, been all right. I had a bit of a a health scare because I know you had a little operation the other year on the old hardy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I had uh, what turned out to be okay, but nevertheless, um, I sneezed up a bit blood Ooh. in the week, and I know that okay, that can be nothing most of the time, but that can also be something that, you know, can be blood pressure related. So I tested the blood pressure at home, came in a little bit high. So I went to the doctor to get it checked out, which is what people should do. I, I'm generally someone who will only go to the doctor when I yeah. am on death's door, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there's something visibly wrong with me, I w- I'll rarely go to just get something checked out or, mm. you know, but this was the case this time. Um, so I went to the doctor and he took all the details, all the family history, all my height, my weight, and we did a full assessment, took my blood pressure three times. Uh, and I said to him, you know, we do have a blood pressure machine at home. Cause obviously this right. is what brought me there. And I said, see our one though, the bit of Velcro that sticks it together on your arm, that's come loose. So we just kind of hold it in place. And he said, yeah, that's not going to give you an accurate reading. <laughs> So, with regards to blood pressure, there's, there are two mm. numbers. The bottom number is the one that you really are focusing on. Right. Uh, so, my in-doctor room measurement came in 10 fewer than the home test. So, I think at home, I was something over 100, which is very high. And right. in the doctor, it came in over 90. That's not uh, bad. Which is still a little bit high. Mm. But it's, it, the, the way the doctor said to me is you're kind of on the threshold of being bad rather than he said when people normally come in to get their blood pressure if they're concerned about their blood pressure normally in the office they're testing over 120 over 140 yeah. rarely is someone coming in concerned about their blood pressure and testing 90 
But nevertheless. So with blood pressure, you kind of want to be in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be in the 80s. So I'm being 90 is like, I think before we did the test, he said you want to be between 80 and 89, give or take. I mean, he could have just said you want to be in the 80s. I don't know why he was so specific. But <laughs> then I came in one over. One over was a little bit like, okay, it is high, higher than what we said, but it also wasn't wasn't way over. So I had, I bought myself a little properly working one on Amazon. Mm. And so I'm just keeping an eye on it, measuring it in the evening and in the morning. And uh, not much has changed. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't... Uh, suddenly two days later drop down to 82 like you know it just obviously mm. takes a little bit of time but i'm being a little bit more careful with what i what i'm eating and yeah yeah exercise and doing that because that, that was pretty much the doctor's oh, orders is like we could give you a monitor or we could give you uh tablets or we could do xyz but he was like really because we did the assessment then they do a, a whole calculation of what your risk is for mm. having a heart attack randomly i guess or a stroke and I think the average is like 0.7. I think I came in at 0.9 or something. Right, and he said, right, right. he said, your heart age is 37. Right. And I'm like, well, I am 35. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not too far off. Ooh, two years ahead. Ooh. Two careful years ahead. Careful, careful. But um, got to check that. We'll keep an eye on it. Have the, have the machine now. But essentially it was just like, you know, Keep the exercise mm. up, keep the keep the diet up, and it'll just kind of take care of itself. So that's what I'm doing. Fair enough. Good idea. Because obviously I've been hitting the AstroTurf pitch the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Hattrick still eluding me. Still have not got the, the, the three goals, despite my best efforts. I played shit this last time, is all oh. I got to say. Oh. Oh. Although the numbers are still two, two goals, three assists would suggest that I had a good game. Mm-hmm. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, two smelly tappings. Uh, general play was not good. But this was my first day back since I, my leg was a little bit sore. So I figured, okay, I'll be able to fully run around and do everything. But no, nah, it, it didn't quite work out. But um, one day we'll get the three goals. That's that's my immediate aim and goal. Score three goals in one game. Hasn't happened yet. But... Um, that was the concern with the blood pressure as well is with initially thinking it was higher than it actually was. It was like, okay, uh, is it better for me to not be running around for an hour mm. high intensity? But then when I asked the doctor based on the actual readings, he was like, Oh no, absolutely. Do the exercise. Exercise is good. Yeah, for it's, better, it's better to do the exercise if anything. Yeah. That's what gets the old heart in the right condition to be, uh, Deep to be improving things, not uh, precisely. So what it's supposed to do. It's that big bicep, you know. You got to. You want to. You want a big python, brother. You got to get it working. Yeah, well, you don't Um, have too big a python in the old heart. To be fair, isn't that why a lot of the wrestlers are dead now? Enlarged python. That's yeah. That's because it's overworking. Relative to, I think oxygen for that, whatever. Anyway, whatever it is. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Everything is all right. Is the is the message at the end of the day. Okay, good, good, good. And what else have you been up to? Give, give us, give us the, the overview. Uh, I went to a gig. Yes. To gig. A this gig. is Electric Electric One Hundred. Is that the band? That's the one. Uh, unfortunately, only six percent of them turned up. Oh, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah. 
Uh, we saw the Electric Six in uh, Dublin's Academy. My second time mm. seeing the Electric Six. I saw them in twenty seventeen. I want to say, uh, and I, I do have a set list from the previous Electric Six gig around here somewhere. I might have thrown it out by mistake. I don't know. I don't know where it is. Because mm. mm. that was obviously uh, I saw that with the the last girlfriend, and a lot of the stuff got chucked out. So I don't know if my Electric Six set list is in that it probably is but sure fuck it it's when i when i'm dead and buried set lists won't matter it's only a material piece of guff anyway piece of tat but um i did go to see electric six again uh the support act were an uh a nice little young young group of lads uh bopping away on their guitars uh i couldn't tell where they're from their accent was very strange sometimes they sound english then it was mm. turned into kind of a finnish Slash American, I couldn't tell. They're called Us. And they were a nice little uh, uh, country rock fusion. One of the lads had a harmonica. That was his instrument, the harmonica. So he would he just had a microphone in his hand to the harmonica. And every now and then he'd give it a little... But what, what I couldn't get away from is he looked exactly like uh, Zac Efron looks in this new Iron Claw film that's coming out. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like him. And he's doing a little jig every time he'd be playing the harmonica. That would, they were fine. Uh, and then Electric Six played two sets, mm-hmm. which you don't often get. They played for about an hour 45, I would say, which was good good value for money. Wow. But this was their 20th anniversary of uh, their first album tour, uh, first album, Fire, which has Gay Bar and Danger High Voltage, the, mm. the hits. So what happened is they would do set one, where they would play all their other songs that you would typically they would typically play stuff off the new album, some of the hits off the other albums, and then set two was just the entirety of Fire, back to back to back. Uh, so yeah, it was great. the uh, The venue was hopping for uh, for Danger High Voltage, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, a disco ball uh, came on during Gay Bar as well. I didn't even notice there was a disco ball in the venue, but it was kind of a lights go out situation, and then a disco ball comes on, which was which was very fun. Um, but yeah, it was a great, great little, uh, great little concert. Um, Electric Six, uh, maybe not uh, something you'd necessarily sit down and listen to their discography, uh, mm. but their live shows are really good fun. The banter was very, very funny. Uh, music was great as well, and uh, that's the thing. I, I think I mentioned before. The approach to concerts in 2023 for for me uh, personally is not going to these big hundred year aside from AW all in uh, hundred euro fucking hundred thousand people at it in a big mm, field mm, mm. festival or shows for me it's like you spend fifteen to twenty euro to go see a band in a tiny venue. Yeah, and you get a much better experience and show than you would paying five times the price. Oh, certainly. I think it's. I, I mean, I'd love to do that, but it's it depends on the band. Once they get to a certain point, they're not going to do very rare to get them in those venues anymore. That's why you got to find like, the little gems. Bands that aren't that popular, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's still good. Yeah, exactly. not pop, not that popular, but still good. Precisely. Yeah, I, I'd say that's true of like, for example, when we saw Heim. 
earlier in the year. Like they they can play the O2 and do a yes. thing like that, but they'll also do your kind of uh, smaller sort of theatres where it's maybe a thousand, a couple of thousand people, which is sort of intimate enough to be it's enjoyable. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Academy. Let me just get the uh, mm. uh, Academy Dublin because I I kind of think there was only about seven hundred people, mm. but it was sold out. Which I thought was really remarkable for a band that hasn't had a uh, a hit in twenty years. Yeah, uh, eight hundred and fifty capacity. Okay, uh, to sell out because they come to Ireland every year. I think they've been coming every year for twenty years. Wow! And I think I think it's almost like a Christmas tradition that people go along to the because mm. they sell out every year in this in this little eight hundred fifty capacity venue. But it was very very good, um, very enjoyable. Otherwise. I've been just doing. I did finish the Christmas shopping yesterday. Nice. Got a few bits and pieces. Um, I have the Christmas candles on the go here as well. I picked up some Christmas candles for myself. Ooh, so I have nice. a. I have a spiced apple. I have a Ooh, I need, something need, something cherry one. Any cinnamon got, going on there? I've got the cinnamon sugar is on currently. Oh, very nice. Because that's one thing I associate with Christmas a lot is the mm. you have the sights and the sounds, but also the smells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, to have yeah, yeah. decoration. Decorations are not up here yet, but I like to have the decorations up. Christmas CD on rotation, which I have to admit, the last few years our Christmas CD selection has been really poor. Mm. It, one of those now that's what I call Christmas compilations where here's Fairy Tale in New York by the Sugar Babes version. <laughs> Um, I'd much rather have an Andy Williams does the classics. Okay. CD on. Um, but also some nice, as you say, mm, nice scents, nice Christmas scents mm. through the air. Cinnamon mm. and apple. Spicy. And, mm. Yeah. Comforting. I mean, exactly. Go, go into a Yankee candle and just find the one that's called, uh, remember when you were a kid and you went on a sled that one time? Oh, memories. <laughs> I love it. Um, so the presents are done. Um, I haven't actually, and I, I don't always do this, but I haven't got anything for myself aside mm-hmm. from one little gift, which we talked Ooh. briefly about, which we, I forgot to talk about last week on the podcast, but I bought myself a little book, a little compilation of a magazine I used to buy every month. Oh, yeah, yeah. Power Slam uh, are back in book form. Uh, not unlike Alf. Um, but yeah, I started collecting Power Slam in like '98. I want to say, mm. uh, I think the first one I got was like around Judgment Day '98. So when Austin Kane and Undertaker were doing that that feud, um, and then, but I, I really started collecting it in 2004. Mm. So I had I had random here and there you know when you're you're kind of getting into wrestling and you go into a news agent and you'll just grab a wrestling magazine yeah sometimes for me it was power slam sometimes it was world of wrestling sometimes it would be WWE. world of wrestling yeah yeah whatever um but in 2004 power slam became the staple for me and i was getting it every mm. month after that he had, the, so, he had the insider shit it wasn't it wasn't like glossy sort of pictures it was yes. like give me the dirt Who's who's fucking signing who? Who's <laughs> give me the anti Chris Jericho and John Cena propaganda? <laughs> um, but yeah, it means I don't have a lot of 
Power Slam magazines from the times that would be most interesting to mm. have those magazines from. So they are, for those who don't know, they are releasing uh, compilation books of the early Power Slam magazines in their entirety. So mm. book one is like the whatever issues from two thousand or two thousand from nineteen ninety four. Uh, so I did pick that up uh, for myself. It has not arrived yet. Uh, all signs are that it will be delivered in time for Christmas. I got I jumped on the pre-order for that. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that. And hopefully, if it's you know, successful enough, they'll keep making them through to 2004, at which point I can mm. stop playing them because I have all the, all the ones after that. Um, obviously, Joe, you and I, big power slam heads from yeah, back in the day. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so I'm very excited to get my hands on that and give it, give that a little read. Um, usually what I do for Christmas is I'll usually get myself a little Lego set, as you know mm. as well. That's become, of recent years, a little Christmas tradition for me, is you know you, you, you sit down in front of the TV, you watch the, the movies, you have the Christmas dinner, da-da-da, but also I like to sit down and build myself a little 18-plus mm. uh, mm. Lego set. Because I am not a child at the end of the day, um, so I don't know. I, I haven't even had a look or picked any out or done anything. But realistically, I don't want to spend a load on a load of money on Lego this year. I'll just get myself a little one. Yeah, That'll fair work. enough. Fair enough. But um, otherwise, that's pretty much all I've been up to this week, Joe. What about yourself? Well, I'll give you a quick overview. Been a busy weekend. Um, Friday we were out. We went to see the new Beyonce concert film. Yes, Renaissance. Uh, I think I believe it's coming out this week. It's the opening weekend. Yeah. Um. So we went to see that. It's another long one. It's three hours long in yeah, the old yeah. cinema. Um. I'm not the. Whisper it. I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. Don't tell anyone. Um. I do like you know I like some of her stuff, but it's not really my not really the kind of music I would listen to. At least the re- her more recent stuff. More recent stuff is a little bit more. Mm, it's, it's kind of redundant to say modern sounding, but it's, I, think it's you, not, you, I think you and I are aligned in that we very much like the two thousands pop sound. Yeah, and less, so, less so the twenty ten and twenty twenty. Doesn't have that. It doesn't have that kind of classic pop, catchy pop sound. Maybe no, pop, pop now is that. is less catchy than it's ever been. Yeah, that might just be an old man yells at cloud situation. But people don't listen to the radio anymore, so you don't need catchy songs. They just listen to whatever you put out so it's yeah. kind of anyway so we watched the film it was it was quite good it wasn't it wasn't like the um the taylor swift film in the sense that that was very immersive like when i watched that i felt like i was there yeah i felt like i was in the the uh, I think it was a sofi stadium for the taylor swift um that's what was so good about it um this on the other hand it was more of a general kind of concert slash documentary so i did cut away quite a lot to her being interviewed backstage and talking about how the concert came together boring it's it's like you know it was interesting but i also i'm it's all very constructed you know it's all in all the kind of you know oh showing you behind the scene well you're not really it's like a wwe documentary you know oh Oh, drama. The, the power's gone out. Oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, I don't fix it, probably. The, the Miz oh, yeah. giving his analysis on the, the Big John Stud Royal Rumble win. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, it was fine. Um, 
Yeah, before that, we it was absolutely freezing on Friday. I don't know what it's like over there. Here as well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Zero, zero, zero degrees this weekend. Yep. Um, so we went out to get something to eat, and I was very hangry and cold, but we did manage to get a nice <laughs> nice bit of chicken and, chicken and chips in a place that was completely empty. Oh, nice. Um, so you'll know this. Actually, we took you, we, when we went for burgers, you know, in our local shopping center, we went for yes. some nice burgers and chips. So it's in the same complex as where that was. There were Marlowe's. Um, was that the name it of it? It was the Marlowe's, yeah. So this place yeah. is, I think it's Wing Pit or something like that. So they do chicken wings, chicken nice. bonus stuff. So yeah, but completely empty. I think people don't go out anymore. This was on like seven o'clock on a Friday. I thought, oh my God, it's definitely not when it's one degree outside. <laughs> when it's cold, no one goes out. <laughs> they just get yeah. the old Uber Eats man to fend for himself and, and drive up and down that was all right and then saturday very exciting went for the first time ever to the royal albert hall in london Ooh. Uh, which is an iconic and quite old venue yes um named after old prince albert uh not I'm lord tenzai, not lord tenzai <laughs> uh, the other one the german one um I mean, oh, it's a wonderful venue. It's it's a kind of classic concert hall. This is where they do a lot of orchestra, symphony, um, classical music type stuff, but they occasionally do a few other things. Uh, they did, of course, have the WWF there in 1991 for a battle royal at the Albert Hall. Yes. Um, but we were there to see, of course, very highbrow classical event. It was uh, Home Alone screening <laughs> with nice. a full orchestra. Well, I mean, that's that's a movie that has an iconic soundtrack. Surely a great experience. Brilliant, brilliant soundtrack. Um, it's uh, there was a, a joke on Twitter I saw once about someone was like, "Oh, hey, uh, John Williams, we got this like family movie where some kid gets left at <laughs> home or something. Could you just yeah. do a little? Don't worry too much about. It. Just do a little soundtrack for it. Uh, yeah, okay. How about I just make the greatest soundtrack in the history of cinema? Oh, is that all right? Yeah. Oh, it's tremendous. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a great experience. Obviously, the orchestra are brilliant. I think they're so good though that I often like I was watching the film and you kind of forget that the orchestra is playing. It just sounds right. like it's coming from the film speaker. Yes, so yes, it gets to that point. The only point where you could notice a difference was they actually had like a full choir to come in and do the bits yeah. in the church where there is a choir, and obviously their voices are slightly different from what you hear in the film yeah. you can hear the, the yeah. accents or the, or the slight difference so that was great but yeah god it was it was really impressive to see that i'd love to go back and see other you know maybe a kind of concert of doing f- film music or classic scores or something like they do a, a season like that i'd definitely definitely go back and watch that or home alone 2 next year maybe. Mm, why not mm, lost in New York. um so that was fantastic um and then today we did, did a little trip out to the uh, there was a mexican christmas market in uh, nice. King's Cross in London, so we popped out early to, to go and uh, uh, go and get have a little look, see what was going on. Uh, we did try to purchase some tamales. Uh, this was about ten to twelve, but the woman said, "Oh, they're not quite ready yet. Maybe come back at twelve, and they'll be, they'll be ready." So, oh yeah, fine. We just have a walk around, had a little walk around. Go back at twelve, she said. Um, well, I've only got these two flavors, and it was the two that we didn't want. One of the other two. So we said, oh, well, 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 "How long? What were, you, what were you thinking? What were you thinking?" She said, "Ah, yeah, I could come back in ten minutes." I said, yeah, "Fine." Loads of shops around there, so we went and had a look at you know a few shops and things. Got back there about half twelve. Uh, she's like down on the floor behind the stall, uh, messing around with stuff. We stood there for about five minutes, and she turns around and asks, "Oh, sorry, I've had a power cut." 
that's why they weren't ready because they haven't actually been cooking. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> At this point, I'm abs- I hadn't had breakfast this morning, so I was yeah. like, absolutely starving. So then we, um, yeah, we went off and got some tacos instead. So, very good. What can you do? They were very, very good. So yeah, um, so that was that. Yeah, and we've been been home and uh, keeping cozy in this cold weather. So that's uh, yeah, it's been mean, the weeks. When when I went to play AstroTurf on Wednesday night, it was one degree, oh. and I did get a bit sick after. Yeah, not not good. It turns out to be running around in nearly freezing weather like when you're air. anyway susceptible to like chest infections and stuff. Yeah, I was a little bit bunged up for just for a day. I was fine then afterwards. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that John Williams score. Just to touch on that. Mm. Great in that it it satisfies like all the criteria needed for that movie. It works as a Christmas movie score. It has the jingle jangles of a, of mm. a Christmas movie. It has the the childhood whimsy yeah, of that yeah, yeah. as well. But also it has the all the scary bits when the bad guys are coming. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. perfect, 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 perfect. As you say, one of the best, one of the best ever. It's, I found myself actually looking at the orchestra quite a lot because, like I say, I couldn't you couldn't really tell that it was them playing because it just sounded so seamless. So I find myself looking and watching what oh, different instruments. Then you you start to notice all oh, the harp. That's what that sound is. Or you see the, the drums or the flutes and you start to actually appreciate, oh, all of these different instruments are actually contributing to this amazing score. So I definitely recommend it if you've never seen an orchestra actually play yeah. like a soundtrack. It's I've ne- so I, I have. I, I, I tell a lie. I, did, I have seen that once. I saw um, Cinema Paradiso with mm. a live orchestra. That was when I went to see Ennio Morricone live. And then he came out and played the concert after that. Yeah, but, like the the support act was, we'll play the movie and they'll play the music over it, which was which was very good. But that was also my first time seeing that movie, so I didn't have a reference mm, point. Mm, mm. Um, but I, I've also seen you, you know we have um, string quartets who tour and do will do like the music from Studio Ghibli movies, which I which I've seen or yeah, or Hans yeah. Zimmer. Hans Zimmer does his tour as well. Yeah, I mean, probably I should go to more of those gigs, especially mm. the ones. Like, I also saw a uh, very nerdy, uh, a Legend of Zelda music symphony mm. in the National Convention Center here in, in Ireland. But the tickets for that were whopper expensive, and this was like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd I'd be worried about how much they would cost now. Oh, God, yeah. Um. Okay, so let's just touch on before we get get to the the meat and potatoes here. The wrestling news. Yeah, so wrestling. the tickets have gone on sale for all in 2024. 2024. And they've sold already in the range of 35,000 tickets. It's pretty good. Pretty good, I would say, right? I was I was expecting... You expected far less, fewer? Probably in that... I would, I would have thought maybe like 20,000, 15 to 20 right. range this early. And without the enthusiasm of, of last year. I wasn't expecting to be good. I, I, yes. I was almost thinking worst case scenario, they might end up with 40,000 like by the day. <laughs> I was thinking I like, might just get 40,000, which would still be a really like good crowd for that, that kind of event. But that's what I was thinking. So, but 35,000 already is actually beyond my expectation. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. We still have a market for which is, is pretty starved for, mm high profile wrestling events which is the, the mm. london and greater english area yeah. not not even count blow-ins like myself because mm. that's the w- one thing i took from all in the first time was 
just looking around at the sea of people and saying, there are there are people who are willing to part with their cash mm. for a big event like this. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The numbers are there. All you have to do is, you know, build it and they will come. It's, it's that kind of situation, right? Now, mm. obviously, the points working against it this year are the novelty of the first time. You know, how long has it been since we had an event of this size yeah. in the area? I mean, let's, let's not even say specifically London. I think the fact that it's in London is a huge advantage. But, you know, Clash at the Castle mm. that we did in, in Cardiff. Uh, but really, as, even, even with that, you're, you're looking at only a, a, a very small number of events going back to SummerSlam 92. So the, the market is there to... to Go to a, the big show, the WrestleMania style yeah. event. You know, I would say Clash of the Castle. I would include in that because that was a yeah, 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 that's fair enough. Right? Yeah, uh, but that was in Cardiff is, is obviously the the, the difference mm. there. But the novelty of it being the first time, a lot of people can tick that off their bucket list and say, okay, I've done that now. Uh, and the second thing working against it is obviously the feeling around AW at the moment. WWE has rebounded somewhat. Uh, yeah. It's it's goodwill with the fans. WWE was, as we said, the the hate watch company for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and AEW is now like the the balance has tipped somewhat in, in those regards. WWE is the one that at the moment is not fighting against the fans' wishes and wants. It's providing fans very mm-hmm. much the product that they want. Yeah. And AEW at the moment is the is the the product, which is having a few issues in those regards. But WWE have shown that even from the worst case scenario, a rebound is possible. You can come back from that brink just by kind of getting your ducks in order and, and refocusing things. However, 35,000 tickets sold shows that there's still a market for that, um, despite these things. Uh, and one thing that I, I, I think shouldn't go underlooked either is how great all in was last year. It was a good event, very good event. Um, and I'm I'm not necessarily speaking only about the match quality and so on, but being in the stadium and the excitement in the stadium and the matches did deliver for the most part. So I remember thinking, based on the show quality alone, and again, I'm not talking about match quality, but show quality. I remember thinking, you know, this was so great. I'm definitely coming back. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. In that sense, they had me locked from. You know, the, from the moment the show ended, pretty much. Mm. Uh, so, where are we, Joe, on attending All In this year? Well, my tickets are purchased. That's oh, already? already? Yes, I got them on the the first morning. So, but, I mean, there was no need to rush. Like, there's they haven't even put all the tickets on sale yet. I think they only put half of them on. You know, or third, right. 60, 70% of them on sale. So there are still some hold back, I think, held back, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted to get, if you obviously, if you want to get a very specific area, then you need to do it quickly. Like, if you're not too bothered, you if you're like, oh, seats last time. Last year, we had, uh, we went for the, the big boy seats, which I did yes. not do again this year, to be honest. Okay. Um, that was a little bit of for me again. Um, but yeah, fourth, fourth row, uh, ringside last this year um next year i've gone for i managed to get tickets opposite where the the ramp of the screen stage is going to be okay in the the first row outside of ringside 
So it's probably equivalent to like six. That, that's where like that. that's where I was sitting last time. Yeah, opposite the opposite the stage. You were last. Uh, well, they've moved where the stage is this time. Yes, it's spun round. So I was. So where where the stage was, twenty twenty three. I if if you count that as like twelve o'clock on the on the clock face, I was at three o'clock. Right, right, right. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. on that first, you know, you have the three tiers of seats. Yeah, yeah. And we're in the first tier there. Yeah. Closer, close to the floor. My tickets are also purchased, Joe. <laughs> but I've changed my approach because I wanted, like you, I didn't quite want to spend the same amount Yeah, as last year. So looking at the shape of a stadium, right? A stadium is not a circle, Joe. It's an oval. It's an oval. And so if you consider where we were sitting last year, seats were fine. But were further away from the ring than if you were on one of the kind of squeeze sides of the oval. Mm. You get my point. We, we were on the tip yeah, of the yeah. egg, so to speak. Yeah. So I've gone instead for the uh, the top side of the stadium. Let's say so. Mm. Where where we'll be sitting is like halfway between the ramp and the ring. But I've gone for the middle seating tier, one tier back, because distance wise we'll be more or less the same distance from the ring as we were last year. Right. Um, so saved a little bit of money. Those tickets weren't quite as expensive. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we would same group are going uh, who went last year and we just, we haven't nice. quite, we haven't quite done the uh, flights and hotels yet. No. Christmas and that Why well, you know, it's spent all our money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but we'll sort that out. But yes, the boys will be there once again, Joe. Boys are back in town. Boys yeah, I saw, I mean, there's the usual complaints. I did go on Twitter for this event because I, this is one of those times where I'm like, I want to see what people are saying, yeah. the, what the reaction is on the morning. A lot of complaints as usual, but, oh, I can't find me I don't know how to get a ticket. Or I, I think a lot of people are just stupid, to be honest, because I saw people <laughs> complaining, like, why are they only selling tickets in this section? It's like, no, you haven't pressed the right button. You haven't clicked the right checkbox. Just, yeah. you're stupid. <laughs> well, I, I will say I was a little bit stupid because I found that I wasn't able to do it on my phone. It wouldn't work. I'd go on the laptop. Mm. Uh, the button to like literally buy the tickets wouldn't wouldn't appear. Oh, so, really? That's yeah. On the laptop. U- UX what, problem what? with uh, Ticketmaster. Yeah. I also found I was using the link that I'd gotten in the email. Mm. And I had chosen the seats and put the code and went to buy, and it was like, can we have your postcode, please? And I said, my postcode is... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give my postcode on the, on the podcast. Yeah. But we, have a, we have a postcode format here in Ireland. Yeah. And I wrote that down, and it said, eh, that's not a valid postcode. I said, ah, oh, ticketmaster.co.uk, you fucked me once again. So I had to close out of that, open the same link again, but put in ticketmaster.ie, which oh, is the Ireland okay. ticketmaster. And it worked then. It, 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 it allowed the same code to be used and to go through the same uh, URL otherwise, but with Ticketmaster.ie, and then that accepted my code, my postcode. Yeah. But, yeah. like, surely they know, Ticketmaster.co.uk, that a lot of people outside of the UK are going to be using this link. Yeah. Maybe don't make the postcode a mandatory field. Why do you? Yeah, that's weird. I forgot that bit. Yeah, no, it is a horrible experience. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's good, 
but I'm just also a lot of people are stupid. I think that's that I 100 agree. Case, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. It's also that people always moan, "Oh, you can't pick your seat," and it's like no one's been able to like literally. And uh, and after I literally one, pick, pick my seat. Yeah, once it goes on general sale, or once the pre-sales ended, then you can start picking your seat. No, no, but, but first, I, I bought mine jury. I didn't buy mine day one though. I think I exactly, did. I buy yeah. mine Tuesday or Wednesday, and but I was like, able to pick my seats. In that initial sale, okay, they just you give you the yeah. you, you select an area and it gives you a ticket, and, but you you can never pick your seat in the first like bike because otherwise it would be in chaos. Everyone would be picking. Oh, seats. it would be it would be total. It, it wouldn't work at all. <laughs> It'd be yeah. possible to be honest. Anyway, I think the prices actually weren't too much worse Ooh. than last year when I was looking no, at them. So I so there were ringside seats you could get that were the same price as last year as what we paid, yeah. but. Ex- they what they had done differently. They had uh, switched on the platinum pricing, uh, also known as the market-based algorithm pricing, which basically ah. changes based on how many people are trying to buy in that area. Um, so I think some of the tickets were probably 40 percent more, but a lot of them were also the same price as last year. So mm. I don't think it's a, a huge increase. It's more. I think I think we spent one hundred and seventy-five pounds per ticket last time, and it was okay. one hundred forty this time. Yeah. It's a little, little saving for mm-hmm. it. And again, because of the placement in, in the stadium, we'll mm. be a little higher up, but actually geographically closer to the ring. So I'm imagining yeah. view-wise, it'll be more or less the same. A little yeah. saving. You know, we don't need to be spending too much money, 200 euro every time. No, no, no. no. And um, yeah, we'll see after this time. I, I One would assume they're going to be doing it again in 2025. I but think so. Let's see, because this, I don't know, because doing it two years in a row... Let's see, depending on how the ticket sales end up being, you know, if I to the point earlier of of the novelty of going the first mm. time, if I've gone twice, will I also go a third time? Mm. Maybe, but like then the novelty starts to wear off. That is know? true. Then, like you say, it's a big market. I mean, we've got it's know, a very many, big market. How many millions of people in just in England and then well, Scotland, Ireland. <laughs> Ireland? When's the last time Ireland got a proper wrestling show? You know, the French, Never. the Germans, the. <laughs> The Span- Spanish, the Portuguese. Yeah, well, like WWE are, are, of course, doing two shows, one in France and one in Germany this year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what, like uh, PLE? PLE shows, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're trying, to, they're trying to muscle in there, but, I mean, London is still, at the end of the day, the big city to hit, the, right? The big banana, as they call it. Um, yeah, so that is exciting. We'll keep, we'll, you know, I don't think I'll be tracking the ticket sales as obsessively as, as this year. <laughs> not quite as, won't, be, won't be trying to add up the little dots to see how many are left. But um, yeah, I expect a steady... Uh, do, do do it. Do it. <laughs> I'll just check WrestleTix occasionally, see what they've got. But um, yeah, I expect a steady kind of growth from now till probably like the spring. And then once they start to really push it yeah, next, next, next spring, then you'll get a big boost so I, I i wouldn't be surprised if it did hit like sixty thousand. maybe is there enough yeah. chance of it getting to that little, not the 70 to eighty thousand, maybe but 60 around that kind of mark would be really i tell you what well. would make what would potentially make a difference is if they would actually sign mercedes money oh absolutely because they've got osprey osprey's in the bag yeah um that's safe danielson obviously wasn't on last year's one hmm so if they could put together a good little package of like, look, here's here's who's confirmed, and actually, maybe maybe announce some matches in advance, Ooh, like they like they've been doing the last few shows, which is. And I'll t- I'll tell you, I don't want to put all my chickens in uh, a little bowl and count them before they hatch, Joe. 
But Come on. if they were to announce, uh, we we are doing Danielson Omega three at yeah. all in. I think I think you sell some tickets off that. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking of that or or Danielson Osprey or Danielson. Well, yes, I think Danielson Omega though has the history to it. That obviously that's an Omega or Osprey doesn't have. Yeah. I th- I think Tony Khan has pretty much already made his mind up on Osprey is winning the belt at all in. Oh yeah, I would based on that. the results of last year's All In with Soraya winning the title in the hometown. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I think Omega's prob or Osprey is probably winning the big one in who, who he beats. Yeah, MJF potentially. Awesome. Um, so that, that's all One in. person who won't be at all in this year, Joe, is uh, CM Punk, who made his WWE well, return you know last week. Until yeah, unless he's fired and, and has to find another job again. Plenty of time to get fired. He he, he can be uh, taking the the bins out or, or something like that. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be blackballed from the wrestling business anyway. Working the tube again. So we talked last week about his return at um, Survivor Series. And we were waiting with bated breath for his uh, first promo on Monday Night Raw. What would he say? What would he not say? Um, I was quite disappointed with um, his with his promo. Did you did you watch it the the day? Uh, after? No, I've nah, no I interest. Don't watch, don't watch any. Don't watch any McMahon shit, uh, telly. Any of that shit. Oh well, let, let me Thank tell you. you. Let me tell you because. I saw a lot of discourse on the Twitter.coms, which is you know, is not necessarily the best place to go looking for informed conversation. But I did see a lot of uh, feedback about, well, you know, of course, AEW fans are going to hate it. You guys are biased, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of, that kind mm. of talk. And I think the reality is, is that I, I wanted to hate it because of my bias but yeah. actually, I was incredibly indifferent to it. Like, what gets you more excited than than us versus them? You know, I mean that that is yeah. what the wrestling business has been founded and based on forever, basically since the heyday mm. of the the NWA, right? Yeah. Um, and as as much as wrestlers might like to say, guys, guys, we're all wrestlers are friends. We we don't actually hate WWE or AEW. You know, da, 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 take it easy. As much as they say that, we 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 love a little bit of fuck WWE. Um, and if CM Punk had gone out there and done a promo where he had he had really stuck it to AEW, not necessarily attacking them directly, but if he had done a really stellar mm. stellar promo where he laid the cards on the table and said, "I'm here in WWE, I'm gonna do blah 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 blah." blah. And we could be like fucker and hated it. Whereas actually, he came out and he, he cut a totally mundane promo <laughs> where he basically said nothing of any interest. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt disappointed because I wanted to feel that, that uh, you know, um, you want that like, bile rising in your stomach. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to, to leak to the defense of my you team. Wanted to burn your CM Punk t shirt and yeah. rip, rip the head off the CM Punk figure. No, nah. it, but it, it was it was bland, was it? It was very very bland. It was it was uh, it was milk and toast. 
I mean, let's not forget his his um most of his AEW work the last year was was pretty bad. Like, yeah, what, what, I mean, what, what were the memorable promos from his his since he returned from the whole you know blow up? I actually had one, but then I remember that that was actually before All yeah. Out. That was the one with with Ace Steel in Chicago. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't want to be, you know, with hindsight twenty twenty, to be super hypercritical of CM Punk's run. But I think you'll find if you listen back to our thoughts at the time, while he was still under the AW banner, we were a little bit like, this guy mm. isn't the. Uh, the controversial promo machine he's made out to be. And that's funny because that's how they promoted him on Raw. We're going to hear for the first time from the controversial, dangerous CM Punk. And then he came out and basically, you know, he might have re- might as well have read an excerpt from the Bible as, as <laughs> controversial and dangerous as it was. You know? Some of that's quite controversial. <laughs> <laughs> well, more so than what he actually said. Yeah, yeah he, he cut a totally, a totally inoffensive, forgettable, nothing promo. Um, good, good. Not which, missing anything then. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but again, it was it was it was disappointing from the point of view of, you know, competition breeds creativity and mm. and so on and so forth. But this 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 was not something that you would you would immediately you know watch and then turn to AW and say, well, what have you guys got to to repost mm. back to that? It was just like you know the day after I nearly forgot it even happened. Yeah. anyway that's our news for this week i think we covered everything a long old news segment plenty of news um well we've got a quiz now we've got a few we don't have too many reviews we don't have we don't have a long review section so we can do a quiz then we just got a few we do the wrestling a couple of tv movie reviews and And then we're out of there so yeah we do have a first time ever quiz section joe we do usually usually when we do a quiz there are three of us so one person takes on the mantle of quiz master which is actually a nickname i think i should probably give myself the the quiz master oh. hmm. not because i win a lot of quizzes but i come up with a, a couple of good good ideas oh. okay. uh the quiz master um and then the other two people play it out whereas here it's only two of us so we're actually both going to be the quiz master this week and we're both also going to be the contestants mm. Mm. and we are playing everyone's favorite wrestling quiz only lore connect yep and it's paul versus joe three questions each yep yep the earlier you get the more points you receive you know that you know the format yeah yeah. four four clues guesses connections and of course we've both played fair i hope we're both we're not done like really difficult questions no mine mine are (laughs) (laughs) mine mine are hopefully Tricky but gettable. That that's that yeah. was what I wanted my approach to be. I would say I've got I've got one hard, one medium, one easy-ish. Well, it depends. Okay. Sometimes you get yeah, mine, easy. Mine are, all, mine are all the same, yeah. but I've tried to make them yeah. gettable, but 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 tricky to an extent. Okay. So I'm hoping there'll be no zeros on this. You you, you should be able to get all of them, but so maybe not you, super early. I tell you what, Paul, it's your idea. So why don't yeah. you go first? You are, you are, you pose the first question, and okay. I'll uh, I'll have number a one for you. Uh, right. Joe, I'm looking at my three here and I'm thinking, which one do I go with? Uh, okay, we'll go with number one here. Okay. I was about to read out what the answer is. That's not how this quiz works. <laughs> um, and then I have to give you four things that connect to that thing. 
Uh, that'd be an interesting way of doing it. Um, number one, Austin 04. Austin 04. Um, so I'm assuming this is Steve Austin rather than the city of Austin. So what did Steve Austin do in 2004? He was retired by then. Was he... Mm, uh, the year someone walked out of WWE. It's a good guess, Joe. It's not correct. Okay. Uh, Austin's walkout was in 2002. Well. So, oh, that was the... Oh, no, but he also, I think, didn't he also do it in 2004? I think you might be right. Okay. <laughs> or maybe 03. I don't remember. Anyway, it's, so it's not, not correct. Good guess, but it's not correct. Uh, number two, uh, Undertaker 2000. Undertaker 2000. Um... I was going to say Hall of Fame, but that, no. I'd take it when it been 2000. Um, Undertaker. What did he do? So the year 2000, that would have been WrestleMania. WrestleMania 2000. He was... He was... No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in the main event. But he... So it's throwing me off his Austin didn't wrestle in 2004, so it can't be like a match or a... Could it be like guest referees? As it, they featured on the video game. It's not. It's a good guess, oh, but it's not, it's not the right one. Uh, number three, Eddie Guerrero 04. Eddie Guerrero 04. Um, went into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. It's not, I'm afraid. Shit. And the last one, uh, the Mexicools, 05. <laughs> the Mexicools. Um... So Steve, Steve, I will say it is Steve Austin. Steve Austin, 04. Yeah, yeah. I just wrote down Austin on my phone. Yeah, Steve yeah. Austin, 04. Undertaker, 2000. Eddie Guerrero, 04. Mexicools, 05. Um, is it made their first SmackDown appearance? It's not, I'm afraid, Joe. Uh, I'll give you a clue. I'll tell you what, I'll give you one, one last one last chance here. I'll give you a clue. The, the year is the year they started doing something specifically. And then the, the, it's what do they, what did they all start doing in that year? Austin 04, Undertaker 2000, Eddie Guerrero 04, Mexicools 05. Um, coming to the ring on a vehicle. That's the correct answer. Shit. Yes, I forgot about the lawnmowers. Ah. Yeah, Steve Austin. The reason I put the year is because obviously Steve Austin didn't do this during his heyday. He started yeah. doing general match. He riding out in the little, the, the little ATV. ATV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undertaker in 2000, motorbike. Little vroom vroom. Eddie Guerrero in 04, the low rider. And Mexicals in 05 on the on the uh Lawnmowers, yeah. the lawnmowers as you say. So we'll give you a Very point good. for that. Very I think good. I think that's a, a a good model for the quiz as well, is if they don't get it off the four, yeah. give it a little clue. Not little clue. Little clue, nothing wrong with that. Right, okay. one for you. Okay, over to you. Um first clue, X Pac. X Pac. Okay. Um, what would X Pac? 
He was in the NWO. He was in DX. He was. He he uh, his name contains a, an unusual letter. It would score high in a game of Scrabble. Um, <laughs> his name was Sean Waltman. That's true. He uh, um, what else? One, two, three, kid. We had that the other week. Oh, numbers, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that X-Pac was... um, uh, He was a champion in in, uh, WCW and WWE. Good guess, not correct. Uh, Second clue, Maria Kanellis. Wow, okay. Maria Kanellis, okay. She was in the... Diva Search in 2004, which was won by uh, Christy Hemi, I want to say. Um, X-Pac and Maria Canellis. Oh my God, what links them? Maria Canellis. Well, she's got Kane in her name, which is interesting. <laughs> X-Pac does not as far as... Oh, is it that their name contains the name of another wrestler? That is correct. Boom. Well done. Well done. Wow. Uh, Very good. Pack, obviously. X Pack. Yeah. X Pack, yeah. And Maria, Maria Kane, Kane Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. Uh, so the third clue would have been Leo Rush. 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 Yeah, and then the fourth good. one, probably the most obvious, El Hijo del Santo, son of El Santo. So yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That was Very good. The, the giveaway. So yeah, three points. Very good. That was very mm-hmm. much a, if I didn't write them down, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I was just looking at the name here written down in front of me. I thought X-Pac and Kane would have been... Would have been X-Pac and Kane is a funny... You see, seeing them together, there's the... the yes. You know, but I didn't, when I was looking through the X-Pac, I didn't mm. catch Pac at all. In no. fact, I was thinking more along the lines of Tupac. I was wondering <laughs> it's going to go rapper, rapper. Mm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're number two. Uh, Anthony Bones... Anthony Bowens. Um, gay wrestlers. I mean, it could be, Joe. <laughs> but it's not the answer I have here, to be sure. It's not what you've got written down. Uh, number two, Ant- yeah, you might want to write these down. Anthony Bones, Cash Wheeler is number two. Mm, Cash They've been the member of their tag team to make the winning pin for, to win the AEW tag team titles. It might be true, but it doesn't satisfy all the It's people. not, yeah, not your one. Okay. Uh, Anthony Bowens, Cash Wheeler, Jay White. Mr. Jay White. Anthony Bowens, Cash Wheeler, Jay White. Um, Are these the last people CM Punk wrestled before he left AEW? No. And the fourth one would be an interesting match. 
but uh, okay. I'm afraid it's not. Fourth, so you've got Anthony Bones, mm. Cash Wheeler, Jay White, and Will Osprey. Hmm. Cash Wheeler. Cash. Jay White. Will Osprey. Um. Trying to think what Will Osprey's done in AW. Not much so far. I mean, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah much. SJ and Neil White. Um, hmm. This this might be the trickiest of my three, to be fair. Okay. Um. So. They. Anthony Bones, Cash Wheeler, Jay White, Will Ospreay. I've got nothing. I'm going to need a clue. Okay, this is along the similar line, similar lines to your last one. So it's funny that we both had them as our number two. It is something to do with their uh, their names, as opposed to what they've done. I was thinking that, but I couldn't really see anything. Will Jay... Tony, Cash, Jay, and Will. <laughs> no, yeah, four people. No. Uh, but you know, you're seeing anything anything common between their four names? Uh, they've all got. They've all got. They've all got. They all got what? A w in the name. That's two. Okay. Closer. When will white will? <laughs> they do all have W's. Might there be other letters that appear in all of their names? Uh. E E W sorry W. E. Oh, they've got AW in their name. Very good. Uh, AW oh. wrestlers whose names contain the letters A. Spell out AW. Good God. Sorry, Joe. Bit of a tricky one. That's, that's a tricky one. <laughs> we give you a point for it. That, that's why I tried to put so many names that specifically started mm. with W to try and yeah, kind of yeah. lag it a little bit. Uh, oh, that's your count. Right. Fact, there are actually loads of AW wrestlers whose names contain the letters AEW. Yeah. Well, A&E, of, quite, quite common. Quite common. <laughs> w, w uh, is, is right. the funny one. Okay. Sec- second yeah, question for you. Yeah. First clue, Ethan Page. Ooh. Ethan Page. <laughs> it's hardly going to be contains a wrestler's name again, is it? <laughs> Two of the same one. Uh, well, Ethan Page is Canadian. Mm-hmm. He's... Uh, that's really all I know about him. <laughs> um, 
Is it uh, is it Canadian wrestlers? Nope. Uh, second hint: Andrade El Idolo. Andrade El Idolo. Uh, oh my god! I have no idea. Is it is it uh, surprisingly muscly chaps? <laughs> um, number three, Joe. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. Number, I'm not seeing this one at all so far. Number three, Brody King. Brody King. I mean, Idol King. But then, how does that come to either page? It's not a word one this time, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Although actually Paige, King and Idol is kind of could be. Oh, a, well, Paige kind of, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, Idol is not necessarily fitting yeah. in it. Ethan Page, Andrade Elidlo, Brody King. Oh my God. What connects these? I am not seeing it at all. Um, mm-hmm. No. Ethan Page. Now, give me the fourth one. You'll get this one. Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland. Oh, my goodness. Christian Cage. Oops. And Swerve. Yep. Uh... I don't have it. I don't have it. Um, why is there two at the last one? Christian Cage is first. That's that's the giveaway one, really. Uh. Uh, a little hinty. No, I don't. I don't have it. I don't have it. Give you a little hinty. A little hinty, boo, please. It's an event we've well. So the final one refers to a match from this year. Oh, it's it's coffin matches. Yes, Darby the Allen and coffin matches. Wow. Those are Darby Allen's four cof- or five coffin matches. Yeah. So it's had four only four coffin matches. I thought he had loads, but yeah, those are the uh, those were the four opponents um, in I, each one. Jesus, I could have been looking at that, for, at that for a while and that wouldn't have clicked. I Yeah, I remember the Ethan Page one because of that feud. And I remember the Brody King one, but I don't remember him wrestling Andrade, you know. I I remember the Andrade one, ironically. not oh, so much. I remember the feud more than the mm. match itself for the Ethan Page one. The Brody King one, yeah, that was off the choking, okay. Tricky oh. one. All right, and here's Joe. Not yeah. to not to lure you into a false sense of security. This might be the easiest of my three. So there okay. is a, there is there is a chance for you to get some points on the board here. Mm. Again, I was about to say what the answer was. Uh, number three, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, uh, Money in the Bank, Casherinas. It ain't. I'm afraid. Okay. That's a good guess. Dolph Ziggler, Matt Cardona. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Cardona. Um, mm, 
Oh, sick of that. Fig Fed Champions. <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone who's listened to all the Fig Feds, I don't think that that is. No, so, no, no. Although, um, did Cardona put the title on himself? He might have strapped himself up at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Cardona, The Miz. It is specifically Matt Cardona, not Zack Ryder. Although, actually, Zack Ryder would also work here. So you you can have Matt Cardona slash Zack Ryder if you want. Um, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Cardona, The Miz. Is it NXT Pros? No. It isn't. It's the next one. Uh, Cody Rhodes is the last one. Uh, oh, no, I don't know. I think that works. I was gonna say they all they all married WWE divas. I don't think Dolph Ziggler has. That's interesting that the other three have, yeah. Yeah, that's the only connection I can say. What else? Dolph Ziggler. Matt Cardona, Zimmers, Cody Rhodes. Um, they all won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Again, it's it might be correct. I don't think it is. It's no, not. Maybe two of them. Uh, what if I were to tell you that this could potentially be an audio round? Oh, oh. Wrestling has more than one royal family. They all have they all have um dialogue at the start of their theme song. No, it's As not as in what is it? It's not, I'm afraid. Do you want the answer? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, well, there, there is there is a commonality between their theme songs. Uh, I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Come yeah. on! And I came to play. Yeah. Uh, what's the commonality? The commonality, all their theme songs were performed by. I don't know. Downstate. Who? The same band. I've never heard of them. You've never heard of Downstate? Are they well, some. Were they like the WWE band or something? They're like. They're, they're, no, they're, they're a band that is not. Because Macrodon oh, okay. was an AW, as was Cody Rhodes. But. Mm. Okay, sorry. I thought, I thought you would, would have been aware of them. Uh, Downstate, they're a, a shit band who do some wrestling theme songs. State of them. And they did Sorry. all four. They did Dolph Ziggler's uh, Here to Show the World song. Right, they, right, they, right. They also it. did a cover of Zack Ryder's uh, Oh, Radio. But they did his Always Ready theme song. They did his Here to Play song. Mm-hmm. And they do Cody Rhodes' Kingdom. Nice, right. Right. It's a big, big miss on that one. So let's get the final final question. Final question for you. 
Clue one, The Undertaker. Um, Undertaker. Um, Is it... um, People, people who beat Hulk Hogan for world titles. Incorrect. Uh, clue number two, Bianca Belair. Is it um, people who beat Hulk Hogan for world titles? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. That's Undertaker correct. and Bianca Belair. Um, are they both from Texas? Is it Texans? Good guess, but mm, no, not correct. Although the third person would also fit that. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh dear. Undertaker, Austin, and Bianca Belair. Um, oh my god, I'm trying to think what would link. Like Undertaker and Steve Austin, I can see a lot of avenues. Bianca, I'm trying to. I'm struggling to fit in there. Um, possibly something to do with WrestleMania. Uh, no, I don't know. Give me the fourth one. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, this is going to be okay. Did they did they win night one of WrestleMania main events? Yes, they're all night one WrestleMania main event winners, or the only the four night one WrestleMania main event winners uh, starting in during very the good. pandemic. Yeah, very good, very good. Okay. I, I, I'm in retrospect might have gone a little too hard with mine, so I'll, I'll try and. Uh, well, the AW, the AW letters one, a, a little bit, hard, a little hard. A bit. Although the dance day one, I'm going to put that one on you. Right, I, I'll I give would, you that one because I just don't know about music. A lot of listeners, a lot of listeners, I think will, will have known. If that. you, yeah, if you knew who does the theme songs, you could probably get that one. Uh, and the vehicles one was good. I thought that was yes. fine. I just did it. Yeah, Mexico's. I was like, mm. no, very okay, good. Doke. Very good. Very good. Very good quiz. Here's your quiz. Hopefully, people were playing along at home. They probably got good. all of them. They got all six. They were like, they had the beats of both of us. Yeah, yeah. They're like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's chat about wrestling, Joe. How much of it did you watch this week? Um, I've kind of taken to only watching Dynamite now. Okay, Um, that's interesting, based on what I have to say this week. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just can't be bothered to watch four hours a week now. I'm just. I think that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. Especially what I said to Barry last week is like, if you're not into it, take a break. Yeah, and I'm I'm. I'd, I'd probably skip Dynamite as well, to be honest. But I, oh I my feel God, like it's only going to be me watching it. And uh, I, but I want to, I want to still want to watch it, and I still want to see what's going on. But it's just, it's not much to get invested in. There's good matches, but it's like, well, I've seen plenty of good matches in my life. You know what I mean? I yeah, yeah. Need you need something a little bit meatier to. I need emotional investment. Yes, yeah. yes. That's kind of a side effect of the whatever the fuck it's called, Continental Classic. Is that it's a lot of matches without necessarily an emotional core. Yeah, you might you might argue aside from the Eddie Kingston angle because he's, you know, put his belts on the line. He's a character mm. people care about. But mm. granted, you know, Jay Lethal against Mox or whatever. 
it's not something you're you're necessarily caring who's going to win it. Yeah. And as much as I like the um, the G one, because I keep forgetting what it's called, Continental Classic, uh, that is a side effect of it, and it's a totally a valid criticism to either be into that, be into the kind of the sports aspect of it, and I think that it mostly I I am. Mm. But by that same token, that does take away storyline matches and and so on and so forth. And AEW has, to an extent, been kind of whiffing on those lately. Not across the board, I would say, because there's definitely some stuff that I'm very much into, which we'll get to. Um, But, you know, if, if there's too much supply and not enough demand, then... You know, you as a viewer have absolutely the rights to mm. manage that as best suits your needs, you know. Um, even here, I would say there's, there's a bit of that, but I normally find myself uh, definitely dynamite I look forward to every week. Collision is something nice to fill the time at the weekend. I, I would say I maybe don't watch Collision as actively as I watch Dynamite. Dynamite is I sit down and watch Dynamite. Collision is I'm on the phone or I might even mm. be, be doing a bit of football manager and it's it's on in the background kind of situation. Rampage doesn't even get turned on. We're, we're not, even, not even looking at Rampage. I will say as well, this week's Collision, aside from the main event, was a total snore. Um, wow. Brody against Claudio Castagnoli and... Um, Andrade against Daniel Garcia were both, to your point, functionally fine. Mm-hmm. But who cares? That's <laughs> kind of the point, right? Danielson Kingston had a great main event. Fantastic main event. And because I care about those characters, I care about Brian Danielson, I care about Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. So I was into it. And that was great. But there was also like a 10-minute... Um, Abaddon against Kira Hogan match, which was functionally fine, but didn't scratch that same itch. And there was a 10-minute Malachi and Buddy Matthews against Matt Seidel and Chris Daniels match. That functionally was fine. But again, you're going to struggle to get me as a viewer hooked into a Matt Seidel-Chris Daniels match, no Mm. matter who their opponents are. And then after that... Here comes El Hijo del uh, Vikingo. Oh, he's an exciting wrestler. Who's his opponent going to be? Kip Sabian. Ooh, you lost me on bringing Kip Sabian <laughs> to the ring, I'm afraid, lads. Okay. So this 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 was a, a funny juxtaposition of the matches were all good, but yeah. in terms of it being a TV show you watch, it was like a, 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 an episode of Game of Thrones where every segment was uh, Daenerys. Mm. And then the last segment was like the characters you care about, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was really not a fan of this week's collision. Again, I would struggle to point to anything necessarily bad about it, but it was the very definition of the problem that you were saying mm. is it, it didn't connect with me as a viewer. It didn't leave me with a, uh, a cliffhanger, and I'm not necessarily talking about the end of the episode, but like the segments generally didn't leave me with a little thread to think about and wait. Oh, I can't wait to see next week what's going to happen. 
just over matches and some people won the matches and then it was over dynamite on the other hand i thought was very good i don't right. know how, what you thought of this week's dynamite uh yeah i quite enjoyed it um i like the christian cage edge stuff. Oh, well that's what i was going to talk about the, the storyline that i'm very much enjoying the one that's actually yeah that that, that is got the 250 year old lads two <laughs> yeah in the uh the, you know the youth promotion um yeah, I thought they did a great job. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I missed what happened because... So Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne aren't there now. They've both been cause... taken out by Edge. Oh, okay. So they haven't left Christian. They were just No, they've out. both been concertoed. Yeah. Okay, got it. And um, I fully expect them to bo- both to make an appearance this coming time. Yeah. Because my prediction so- is that Christian will retain the title against Edge. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, I I I like this. I liked Christian uh, <laughs> begging it, begging at, begging Adam Copeland for. Oh, think about the, your mom, the your mom and the I'm not saying I'm your father, Edge. <laughs> and then, like, and then, literally, three seconds later, he tries to kick him in the. <laughs> this is great. Christian is. Oh, is, I, I tell you what. I have not laughed at something in a very long time as much as I laughed at Christian's belt shot attempt on Adam Copeland here. So yeah. after 15 minutes of pleading with him, uh, let's be mates again. I'm sorry. I was very bold. I won't do it again. Uh, mm. We used to ride around in your car. To- Toby the, Toby the, whatever it was Taurus called. Toby the Taurus. Or something. Oh, it was great. It was great. And, uh, and then he, he, he kind of starts folding the belt and he goes, Ah! And he runs out. <laughs> <laughs> it was rubbish. It was great. It, it, it was, and that's what was so funny about it. It was like the pathetic, like oh god, I, I wanted to liken it to something from a movie or TV show, but it is, mm. it is very like he just he begged and begged and begged and realized this wasn't going to work. He said, ah, "I'm going to hit him with the belt real quick," ah, and he it didn't work. It was very, very, very good. I mean, Christian as a. As a promo is just, you know, he he's 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 a batting one for one. I, I I don't remember the last one that I didn't think was to a very high standard. He's absolutely fantastic, tremendous. Um, and uh, you know, Edge was there too. <laughs> <laughs> Copeland was there as well, but I mean, Christian is just fucking on fire every week. He's the highlight of the show. Um, I would say it was a perfect segment. I know we do. I, I, I bring that out a lot these days, but mm. this was what I enjoy. A cowardly, dastardly heel getting his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to have to fight Edge uh, on Dynamite. And this is why I think that Edge is going to uh, lose the first match. Because I think they'll do a rematch at the pay-per-view. I can see there being... Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus, fuckery. Yeah. And Christian will get out of there with the title mm-hmm. by the, you know, skin of his teeth. <laughs> but there will be a Shivani after the match will announce. I'm, I'm hearing Christian, you're not getting away with it. You have to fight him again at World's End, but this time... It's going to be in a 16-foot steel cage or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as promos go, I thought it was, I mean, 
it's it's so crazy to think back that Christian two years ago was doing the the white bread baby face impact world champion Out, outwork everyone oh outwork God. everyone Boring. and i made my whole point about how christian stank christian sucks <laughs> who cares and then that that one evening he turned on on jungle boy he said you've raised a piece of shit you've raised a piece of shit and then he came out then the following dynamite fully formed with the turtleneck yeah. and yeah. uh jungle boy's father is dead and it's funny because when you look back at it, there wasn't this gradual mm. character development. He literally came out that following Dynamite, the character fully, fully intact, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, because the week before he was Jungle Boy Luchasaurus's manager. Mm. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen so w- such a one eighty in terms of character going from basically a nothing to a f- the best character on, on the show. Uh, absolutely phenomenal stuff. Great shit. Great shit. Also in this Dynamite, we did have Danielson on commentary. I thought he was absolutely great and gave yeah. an extra dimension to the uh, the G1 matches. Absolutely. Um, of which we had three, John Moxley and Jay Lethal, which was perfectly fine, but I didn't really buy that Lethal was going to beat him. I think, I think they really had to have week one an upset in one of the matches. And to an extent, they did with Bro- Brody King beating Eddie Kingston, but Brody King and Eddie Kingston are, in my mind, not miles apart. Yeah. I think you almost had to have like a Mark Briscoe beats Moxley, or you know, Lethal beats Swerve, or you know, something mm. of that level. Week one to put a marker down that anybody can win, anybody can lose. Right, which they right, haven't really you, yeah. done yet. So I, yeah. I I'm still feeling like all right lethal lethal is is maybe not going to be anyone at this and briscoe might only beat lethal <laughs> but you know the match itself was, was okay uh oh one thing we didn't touch on in the news by the way is that rick flair was on dynamite and then he did little tweet where he said oh you know what if i'm if i'm embarrassing aw you know i'll go away and uh do you hear about this at all what what was what no why Okay, so Ric Flair had, I guess there had been um, talk online that Ric Flair's, you know, at the age, whatever he is, 74 or something, you know, his promos are, are often rambling and slurring his words and da da da. But also he's uh, coming out dressed like a pimp. And uh, <laughs> what? He's, hang on, uh, hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ric Flair's doing rambling, slurring promos while dressed like a pimp. I know. What is what year is it? Have you, ever, have you ever heard of Ric Flair? And he's got white hair. But now, but, now he, but now he looks like the Crypt Keeper as well. So I'm sure there's a little bit of ageism to it. But Ric Flair did come out saying, you know, people, people, I'm hearing all this hate online. People are saying I should go away. If I'm embarrassing AW, I don't mind to walk away. And of course, people, people, I use the term people loosely, wrestlers, uh, jump to Ric Flair's defense. Mm. You're a legend, Ric Flair. You can do whatever you want. I'm Chris Jericho. I narrated that Dark Side of the Ring episode where you were outed as a sex pervert. But anyway, do whatever you want, brother. You're forgiven. Forgiven. To what I say is, you know what? If Ric Flair wants to go away, go away. (laughs) Because I know that my Dynamite watching experience would be much Mm. improved if fucking Ric Flair wasn't on it every week. But I'm sure he'll be sticking around. He hasn't, hasn't. 
I don't feel like he's appeared that much to me. Like he's, I thought he was going to be on it even more than when he first arrived. It's been... Uh, he was at the pay-per-view. That was fine. Whatever. That was that, that was his best appearance. Yeah. That's pay-per-view. Because Christian Cage poked him in the eye and punched him in the balls. I mean, he did this one backstage promo with Sting. That was it. I mean, it's not like he's on in the ring doing promos. You know what I mean? Like, if this is it, if he does a few more of these between now and Revolution, like... I don't know. People will moan about anything. People will, but also if Ric Flair wasn't on, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. It's not like he's. I don't think he's added much, but it's part of Sting's retirement, and as as part of that story, I'm completely fine with it because he is a big part of his career. And if they bring out fucking Arn Anderson to do a promo or or Dustin Rowe, you know, any of these old farts, bring them out, do a teasers. To me, the whole revolution thing, it's, you know, they're doing it at the Greensboro Coliseum. It's a big nostalgia, WCW nostalgia trip. I expect them to have Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross on commentary, just like as they were for Clash of the Champions 1. I expect them to bring in um, a load of other crusty old farts. Um, That's fine. It's great. It's it's NWA nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, there's not enough good wrestling on this show for people to, to be happy with. They also need something else. Whatever. Right. Is there an element of different flavors of ice cream to it? Some people will like Ric Flair and will like the NWA throwback stuff. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, like, it's a, it's a two-minute promo. You know what I mean? It's not, again, it's not like he's in the main event wrestling Orange Cassidy. You know okay. what I mean? It's not like, it's now, like, who now, cares? Now you're throwing good ideas at me. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like it's so minimal, like his role. I, I, it's not yeah, like the yeah. show's based around him. I just think if you don't like it, I mean, there's loads of other stuff you might like. It's not skip it, skip sure. that that two minute segment. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, um, Roosh yeah. Mark Briscoe, on the other hand, was very good. Roosh, Roosh is someone I care about these days because his mm. matches are always bangers. Uh, and I hope he comes out of the, this uh, tournament with a little bit more stock. And maybe I had an idea in the week that maybe Roosh is someone you could have have a decent run with TNT or international title. Mm. Maybe Roosh Orange Cassidy and have Roosh win that. Roosh should be Roosh should be doing something. Yeah, he should be in the in, into the yeah into continental. Into one, title, one of the significant mixes. He, <laughs> I, he, he should be on yeah. every pay per view. Absolutely, he should be much higher up the card. I think he should be in. He needs storylines. It's, it's it's the same problem. A lot of these guys, they never really have a story. This is just rest. They're just coming out and wrestling. Yeah, let's get some stories going. Um, we had MJF addressing uh, Samoa Joe, which was perfectly fine. Uh, four masked men attacked Samoa Joe mid save because, as Samoa Joe mentioned the previous week, Max, you're my property. People don't touch Smojo's property, which I liked as a line. Interesting. He made the save. Um, on, on this, to yeah. go back to the Ric Flair thing, if you don't like the devil stuff and all the Scooby Doo shit, that I can understand. Like complaining about that, if you don't like that, because that yeah. is like the main event fucking program of the show and it's all over the show. So yeah. I get, like, if it was that, then that would really turn you off. And I, yeah, do I like it? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I kind of want to know who the devil is, but I also, the, silliness the lights especially this week when they were like oh god the commentary team said something like 
this group, they appear to have got control of our lights and our production and our audio. And it's like, oh, God, that's awful. Shut there's the a, fuck there, up. Yeah, there's an element of wrestling oh that, my God. that you don't necessarily need to explain. Like, wrestling has yeah. always had the lights go out and there's a surprise. Who turns, who turns the lights off? Someone turns the lights Whatever, it doesn't matter. Who turns the music? Who plays the music when someone comes out? doesn't matter. Don't have to explain it. Yeah, I we mean, get it. Even, even the fact that often AEW they will reference that mm. just just let let certain tenants of wrestling be the lights will go out sometimes and a surprise will happen music will play you know it's, it's okay to question the logic in certain storylines when they don't make sense but like when he does an Irish whip why does his opponent keep running like okay we don't need to become that granular necessarily uh, Wardlow had a match with Ayer Fox and let me just point something out here because I'm little fucking Sherlock Holmes with my little magnifying glass Wardlow came out I don't know if you caught this Joe first of all his tits were looking immaculate <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but more importantly Wardlow came out and his hair was all unkempt and unbrushed <laughs> Yeah. As if, as if he had just taken a mask off. Oh, interesting! Hmm. Interesting. What's that about? I'm now looking at the picture that I posted on the Discord with yeah. Wardlow and my cat. And you are right. You are right. The titties are impeccable. Go back. Uh, go back. And also the <laughs> hair. And also the hair is very floofy and poofy. Go back and watch his entrance, especially because I noticed mm. the second he came out, I was mm. like, Wardlow's hair is all over the fucking place, like like l- like he's just taking a hat off." And I went, mm. oh, "There was also a big, muscly lad in the previous segment dressed in a full bodysuit and a mask." Interesting. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, I did see a tweet in the week where it had like Matt Hardy comes to the ring and it's Homer from. Uh, who shot Mr. Burns Part Two? Which I just I know that obviously, yeah. Uh, which episode it's from? Where it has um, where he's bow legged because of rickets because the sun is blocked out. Right, I, right. I know right. that by heart. That Simpsons and that. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, which yeah, is very yeah. mean, but I tell you when I when I'm watching Matt Hardy wrestle. And did you? You might not have heard mm. about this in the week. Matt Hardy also in the week complaining about the 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 frustrations of the way the Hardys are presented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only way the Hardys should be presented is presented their uh, pink slip. Uh, They can go back to WWE as well if they want. I don't mind. Yeah. I would happily never see them on TV again. Uh, One of them is uh, practically unable to walk, and the other one is a uh, a lad who drives drunk. So fuck off the two years, please. Um, But yeah, they they had a match that I might as well have been looking out a window for the entirety of because I did not give a mm. shite about that match. Uh, nice to see, you know, Dante back from injury and all that, but like these lads, I don't, I don't care about, and I never will. Action Andre, Action Andretti, I, I don't, I'll never care about him. He is, he is no character whatsoever, except he does, he does very average flippy do's. Uh, great. Um, Julia Hart, Amy Sakura, I thought was quite good. Although they've reintroduced the house rules. Do you remember that from the House of Black Trios tag team title run? 
Yeah. Where it's just like the, the the gimmick is the match has unnecessarily complicated rules that you have to remember. Mm. So it means there are twenty counts instead of ten counts. No rope breaks. <laughs> Disqualifications will be enforced, whatever that means. And the challenger can choose the fourth stipulation. So Sakura chose no submissions. So you're like your head spinning trying to remember what are the fucking rules for these matches. And then none of them ever come into effect anyway. Like. Julia uh, did try a submission at one point that yeah, wasn't that, allowed. That was, that was extraordinarily but, hokey, though. That the referee was like, and "No, then it's not, always, yeah." And then it's like, "Wait, did she just forget and do it, or is this?" No, I'm sure. I'm sure not. I'm sure that's a better story. No, I but know. Like, but the problem is, when you have that, the problem yeah, is always yeah, yeah. kind right. of just feels like a fuck up, even if it's supposed to be like, "Oh, she's forgotten. She can't do submissions." It's like, but then she just, but it's like she, oh. she just won anyway with a moonsault. So yeah. what difference does it make? Yeah, can, what, yeah no, that finishes the moon so anyway, so I, I don't think of I don't think of uh Julia Hart and think, My God, she's really fucked here. She's not allowed to do submissions. <laughs> it's like can't, can't do the big points. ankle lock or the shot yeah. shooter, yeah. there be there will be no Romero special in this match. Uh, with mm. you know, Julia and Emmy Sakura. The match that was fine, but like there are twenty counts instead of ten counts. Alright. Well whatever. Uh, and then we had, then we had obviously the um, the aforementioned Christian Cage segment, which was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and we finished up with uh, Swerve and Jay White, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent main event that I I did, I did care about because I I am loving Swerve at the moment. All the countering, smooth, smooth wrestling. It was it was top notch stuff. Great, 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 great. You should be world champion next year. That's my uh, my thought. I, my I would absolutely be in favor of that. So um, next week we do have. Um, let me just run through the matches that we have scheduled for next week. If I can find the uh, the list here. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, Ethan Cage, Kenny Omega will be on next week's Collision. Uh, Danielson versus Andrade. Uh, and Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli. I one would assume we were having Daniel Garcia against mm. Brody King as well, but I don't have that listed here. Uh, and then on Dynamite, we obviously have Edge against Chris, or Adam Copeland against Christian Cage for the title, and we have the uh, we have the uh, gold. What's it? Uh, gold League or whatever it's called matches, and they mm. are. Uh, not listed on this rundown for whatever reason. So go find out yourself what those are. Right, that's the wrestling talk for this week. Joe, we've each watched a movie. Why don't you tell me about what you've watched? Um, yeah, I finally got around to watching um, Knock at the Cabin by Mr. Yeah, Old not Cabin in the Woods, which I did want to call it just now. Yeah, yeah, Knock at the Cabin with uh, Rupert Grin, Dave Batista, and yeah. a few other actors I don't know. Um so this was the I think it was came out about a year ago, two years ago. It's no, it was this. It was this year. Oh, was it this year? Yeah, this year, twenty twenty three. Um, yeah. So the the, the conceit is I won't give it too much, but basically, a, several strangers knock at a cabin. Uh, <laughs> Why do you call it that? To to approach uh, a a couple who are on holiday with their child. And they have a very strange request. Um, I won't spoil it, but yeah, there's a very strange request. And so then it unfolds pretty much in sort of one location. It's almost, it could be a 
very good stage play. Yes. Um, unfolds in sort of this one in the cabin, and it's very much a kind of uh, ticking clock as they move towards certain events that are going to unfold if certain things don't happen in the cabin. And it's kind of like a will they, you know, will they, won't they sort of thing. I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a very simple concept, um, but very well done. Um, there was a minimal amount of sort of nonsense twists for the sakes of twist. There were no real like yeah. silly twists or any kind of silly yeah. nonsense. Just just very simple, quite effectively done, nicely directed. Um, I thought the cast all you know did a good job. Had some good kind of themes running under it. I thought Mr. Dave Batista, very very good job. Big Dave, uh, he's 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 a hell of an actor. I gotta say. Continues continues to impress. Um, really brought out his the, the, the kind of emotional side of his character, kind of a gentle giant type character, which is very much so. <laughs> probably his best his best kind of role. Um, but he was he was great, and um, yeah, and I thought I was very happy with the, the conclusion as well. I thought it all played out. Um, didn't go off in a weird direction for the sake of it. It kind of told a story all the way through and came to a kind of natural conclusion. And um, yeah, I gave it a big, big thumbs up for Knock at the Cabin. Um, it's not too kind of graphic or scary. It's just more tense. It's more of a thriller. Yeah, it is. It's more of a thriller for sure. There's not not too many mm. horror elements to it really at all. It's a little no. bit super, supernatural to an extent. I don't think it's worth mm. it. But it's, um, it is more of a, a thriller. A thriller. Big Dave, I tell you. He's he's obviously uh, an enormous man, but he he plays that kind of heartfelt, charming character, you know, extremely well. Far better than any other wrestlers I would care to name who are in the acting biz. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that that's all three of us have seen that movie, and we've all quite enjoyed it. I, I think it's um, Shyamalan's best since, at least that I've seen since maybe Signs. I mean, I've, I saw old, old, old is fun, but it's it's a little bit, it's a little bit shit, uh, despite that you can enjoy it. I mm. thought the visit was was kind of on the fence; it was a little bit poor. I never mm. saw his like really shit period. I didn't see the happening or Lady uh, in the Water or any of those. No. Um, but it was definitely it definitely felt like Shyamalan kind of back on form, as you say, minimal kind of bullshit to it. Just a solid little mm. supernatural parable. Uh, I watched a new release this week uh, called Eileen, mm. uh, starring Anne Hathaway and Thomasin McKenzie, mm. who is from New Zealand, but who does a cracking Boston accent in this one. Everything mm. is the car, going to the park. Yeah. Um, it is based on a book, a uh, 2016 novel that I think won the in the Booker Prize, I'm not sure. Uh, but it tells the story of this kind of, uh, this girl who works as a secretary in a, in a male prison. And she's a little bit isolated. She's a little bit of a loner. She doesn't have a happy home life. Uh, her father mm. is a, is an alcoholic and kind of a little bit paranoid, losing, losing the, the track of things. He's kind of known in the community as being a bit of a head case. Uh, her sister's moved away. Her mother's since passed away. So the two of them live together. They don't have a very easy relationship. But she works in this prison anyway. And uh, the uh, the psychologist of the prison 
um, retires and is replaced by Anne Hathaway's character, the new younger model, so to speak. And kind of um, Thompson McKenzie's character is instantly taken with her. She's a little bit of a loner, as I said. So she sees her as kind of a a friend slash idol kind of kind of thing. Mm. And and it kind of goes from there. And it's um, it's a little bit of a thriller. I say I will say it's it's kind of less of an edge of your seat thriller than I thought it was gonna be. Having seen the trailer, the trailer portrays right. it to be a little bit more of a, a thrill ride. And to a, to an extent, it gets there, but also it's it's a little bit more mm. s- slowly paced, a little bit more deliberately paced. The performances across the board are excellent. The cinematography is pretty fantastic. The score is excellent. Um, the screenplay I thought was really good. I actually remarked about 45 minutes in. It's only 85 minutes, give or take. It's quite a short movie. But I did remark 45 minutes in, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the first time in a while I haven't been rolling my eyes at corny film dialogue in quite a while. Mm. It's, like, well-written dialogue and well-performed, looks great, sounds great. I will say it is based on a book and there are certain turns the tale takes that I didn't think translated necessarily well to film. At best, you you could say it's kind of Hitchcockian. At right. worst, you say it's a little bit of a mess and a little bit silly. But I think the the good stuff that I listed more than forgives the kind of narrative shortcomings. So I definitely give it a recommendation. Mm. It is a short one. I think it only came out the other day in cinemas. So uh, I went. And, I don't think I quite saw saw it day one, but I went to one of the earliest screenings of it. There were there were only five people in the screening uh, right. because it is it is a little bit of a not quite an art house film, but it, it is more on the A twenty four side than you know uh, what's out in cinemas currently, like fucking trolls or whatever. That's that was being where all the audiences were. <laughs> But it was it was very good, very very good, especially as a as a performance, look, sound, feel movie, kind of a vibe movie. Really, really great. The story doesn't quite stick the landing, but otherwise, I thought it was fantastic. Big thumbs up. Nice. Look forward. Yeah, I'll check that out on screen on stream. Eileen, bit of a weird name as well. Eileen, like they probably could have come up with a better name for it, but it is good. Yeah. Uh, in terms of TV, then. Uh, I did finish Nathan for you. Job oh, done. Okay. Finito. Nice, nice. Which opens up, obviously, space for me to start watching other stuff like uh, The Rehearsal, which I have not started. Mm. And maybe after that, uh, The Curse, which I, I, I have to say, I've heard mixed things about The Curse. I'll obviously mm. try it myself, but I've heard I've heard Nathan for you fans who have been really into it, and I've heard Nathan for you fans who really hate it, I guess because it's so so different to what he's been doing up to that point but yeah Nathan for you really really enjoyed I thought the finale the uh, Finding Francis like hour and a half long episode was yeah phenomenal um, very different though to what the show had been up to that point it's a, a much more mm. serious tone it's not so funny as the other episodes right right really yeah more sad than anything uh, yeah um, it's where it goes from being a bit of a sort of a wacky almost Ali G style Set yeah. up comedy to like a documentary, like experimental, like oh, I'm going to do this kind of faux yes. documentary type thing. 
that is the thing, right? Is you can read into what of it is real and what's not real. And, you know, I felt that throughout mm. watching the series, Nathan, for you, and also stuff that I love, like the LEG show, the, the Borat films. I, I think I've talked before about that second Borat. I just felt was like too fake, too, too, too edited and done after mm. the fact, but still very enjoyable. Nirvana, the band, uh, which I love as well. They all have an element of riding the line between what's real and what's fake. At the end of the day, if it's enjoyable enough, it doesn't really matter. You know, mm-hmm. and I found that with with this kind of finale is you can look into okay, what of the stuff was kind of pre arranged and what happened organically and what did what did, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I sat down and watched it, and the the, the end product they presented to me was totally uh, th- thrilling and engaging, and I was just waiting to see what happened next. I was totally in on the story, totally sold on the story. So thumbs up, big big thumbs up. Uh, I started watching Wild Boys again as well as a kind of have on in the background job because I love mm. Jackass and all them. Wild Boys, well, Wild Boys, take a shot, is kind of the one spin-off show of those that I never really watched. So it's nice to go right. back and watch it. It is totally very similar to Jackass anyway, except with animals. It is quite funny. Uh, mm. I'm still watching Monarch. Monarch is the Godzilla show. It's, uh, it's not really uh, doing it for me, I'm afraid to say. It's a little bit It's a little bit like a Disney Plus slop. Uh, <laughs> like you or Star Wars, it's, it's quality-wise, just feels like another one of them. Um, yeah. I'll continue watching it, but it's it, it ain't doing it for me, I'm afraid. Uh, Last Rick and Morty was okay as well. Uh, and then the last thing is this this trailer that came out for this new Fallout show. So obviously I love the Fallout video games. And the trailer does look promising. I will say it's got a lot of um, actors mm. in it who I really, really like. Um, Kyle MacLachlan, Michael Emerson, to name two of them. Um, mm. But uh, my fear is that it will be another one of these, these uh, 7 out of 10 shows created by a boardroom committee to just squeeze some money out of an IP as opposed to people right. who want to create an idea and make a show out of it, which is where good mm-hmm. TV comes from. But the trailer looks promising, but you know, I'll, 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 uh, I'll hold my judgment until I see a bit of it. That's, that's the thing though with modern TV, right? all these IP shows, they all feel so similar to me quality wise. They're all like, they're all like fine, but like, Fine isn't enough for me anymore. I want to watch mm. good shit. I want to see good shit that I care about. Get into. Fine. Fine's not fine. Fine is the worst thing a show could be. Almost. Anyway, what about yourself? What have you been watching? Um, just a couple of things. So Doctor Who is still going. There was another uh, special anniversary special yesterday, which um, was pretty good, but it kind of just felt like a uh, an ordinary like an episode of Doctor Who, which is right. weird given that Doctor. David Tennant's back for three episodes until he hands over. And I think a lot of people are expecting them all to be kind of very like crossover, like old doctors yes. coming back and big events. And this was just like a, they're on a spaceship and they have to deal with some evil aliens, which was, it was, <laughs> right. I re- enjoyed it, but it was like, are we just doing a, like a regular season David Tennant episode? Like why, why is this? Uh, yeah. Is that a bad thing? This story the new- or is it based on the expectations? Like, why- yeah, why why bring him back just to do a kind of regular I, yeah, episode? Right, like say why not save this for the new Doctor? It would have been a good story for for him. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, bit of a strange. It's almost like they just brought him, just brought him back for the kind of big boost to to relaunch the show. It's not because there's a particular kind of yeah. like story. He, his his doctor has to tell. But anyway, it was it was good. I'm sure the third one will be a bit more, a bit meatier, a bit law filled. The law of the fiend. <laughs> um, I also started watching the old ones. So I've been rewatching the David Tennant like early ones, and they're they're god, they're really good. I really enjoyed it. See, I've never watched um, Doctor Who at all because I've always, mm. I suppose, to an extent, I look at Doctor Who the same way you look at the Lord of the Rings, Orcs and Norks, but in Just space, with, and- yeah, Dal- Daleks and Baleks and uh, <laughs> Daleks and Bollocks, uh, yeah. And, and- <laughs> people with scars and nerds and shit but i mean i i really really enjoyed to an extent the bbc sherlock series Mm. and i know that there is some people who made sherlock who also have been heavily involved in the doctor who show so i wonder if there is if there is something there for me if i if i enjoyed sherlock especially season one and two of sherlock i thought were excellent kind of after three it mm-hmm. kind of went down and I actually never ended up watching even the last season um, but I wonder there's a part of me that's like well if I liked if I liked Sherlock then maybe I'd like some of Doctor Who but I n- I've never kind of got possibly. it possibly try. possibly you reckon um, yeah watching that and also there's this series on Netflix called Bodies which is uh, kind yeah, of time travel Time travel, mystery, sci-fi kind of kind of deal. Mm. Um, she's actually been really good. So it's ten episodes. I'm about seven episodes in. And I mean, I love anything sort of time travel related. I'm a bit of a sucker for time travel. But this is like really well done. So I think they've actually they, they kind of fleshed out each other, the characters in the different time periods and things like that. So I, I've been really enjoying it. And they also it's it's. It, strikes a perfect balance between it's quite complex in terms of what's going on you're not getting easy answers but it's also not one of those where it's just like a load of bollocks you know what I mean like where it's just, <laughs> right, right. just 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 like oh and then this happened blah, blah, blah. it's like it kind of makes sense and it's unfolding very kind of logically and gradually which I appreciate so looking forward to finishing that in the next few days um, did you ever watch um, yeah. Primer out of interest the movie, movie. Primer? Yeah. was it yeah, yeah. I mean, Very that is that is the time travel movie. Yeah, yeah. Because it does it's it in like the most real realistic world. way, which is not necessarily the movie way mm. that makes sense to to all of us. Yeah, um, yeah. I did watch that. It was very complex. Did you, yeah, did you scratch your head afterwards? <laughs> like, like, and go, what? What's going what on here? Huh? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, in terms of video games, I'm still on Mario RPG. Mm. I, I'm looking at my my calendar here. Mario Wonder, 22 days away. I cannot fucking wait to start playing Mario Woo-hoo. Wonder. I feel like the world, the entire world has got to play this oh, fucking fantastic new game. And I'm like, oh, I have to wait till Christmas. But I know the payoff will be playing over Christmas will just be the best, the best time. I love playing new games over Christmas. And then I yeah. associate those games with Christmas and, like yeah, Mario Odyssey, yeah, yeah. it still is to me and always will be a Christmas game because I played it over the Christmas. Yeah, game. yeah, it was so much fun. But um, Mario Wonder cannot wait for it. I'm st- yeah, Mario RPG is still fun. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it to you. It is a Mario game in in kind of name only. It's it's got a 
it's not a platformer, for example. It's a totally different st- genre of game. Mm. Um, it is quite fun. As I said last week, it's kind of a it's kind of a baby's first RPG. It's very very simple with its RPG mechanics. It doesn't get too complicated with like skill trees and this and that. It is quite funny as well. The tone of it's quite quite light. I'm like halfway through, mm. I think, at this stage. Um, but uh, it is it is quite fun. I am enjoying it. Uh, my football manager progress is still going as well. Kind of struggling in this third season with uh, with Man United though. Um, my transfer kitty is like zero at the moment. I almost had a, like negative wages as well, which I never like to be in a position of having no money. I like that. Ooh, yeah. So I did. I did have a um, one of one of my under twenty one keepers failed his work permit. So I was able to mm-hmm. sell him for two and a half mil, and that covered some of my my uh, my expenses. What I like to do in Football Manager as well is um, uh, every January I like to look at players whose contracts are expiring in the summer who haven't re-upped yet, and I did see that Joshua Kimmich, who's a five star player in the game, five star ability, mm-hmm. five star potential. His contract is coming up. I said, oh, if I can offer him a deal, get him on a free in the summer, then that saves me a lot on transfer fees, obviously. But I had no money, so I had to sell this goalkeeper uh, for 2.5 mil. And by the time I went back, Kimmich had already signed a new contract. So oh, I wasn't able to get man. Such is life. Um, and then in terms of music, we'll finish up now because we are running a little bit long. In terms of music, uh, one track for me this week which is Zenith by Ghost, one of my favorite Ghost tracks, uh, which came out, I think, in 2015, was only this week added to Spotify as part of a compilation. Uh, it was nice. it was like a, a, an album bonus track uh, off a of deluxe edition on the CD, mm. so you could not stream it. The, the, the way I had it was I added it to my Spotify through local files off a... Uh, off a YouTube recording I was able to get of it, but it was now finally this week added to Spotify, and that come, brings me to a bigger discussion point of loads of bands have on Spotify deluxe versions of their album. Can mm. we make this the standard? Why do we have bands that have songs that aren't available on Spotify? If, if we're paying for it, it should all be on there, Right. So please, bands, Absolutely. don't don't hide songs not on Spotify. Have them on there, please. Although I would say, I would say, I don't have a problem with that. But sometimes I find they only have the deluxe version, and I want to listen to like the original release right. of the album without the extra six tracks on it. And I'm yeah. like, just have both. Could you not just put a lot of people do songs have- are there? Both. All yeah. the songs are there them on like as, as the original album and then have the deluxe album as well so i can yeah. pick which one i want and some people some people do do that as well what yeah. i tell you what the ideal thing is you mm. have the album and then separately you have the album bonus tracks yes so you have Different you have cd1 cd2 yes yes that would be it's, but they can't though. I can't do that. That'd be too complicated. Same reason they don't have directors' commentaries on like Netflix and stuff. Even though that would surely which, be which, easy which to also add they should. Also they should. Have. Should add a, How hard is it to have a select an audio track? Fucking easy. Well, they do have. They, they do have audio because they have different language options. Have one of them yeah. be a director's commentary. Anyway, anyway, uh, big tech. Letting now, us we're, down now we're just getting again. grumpy. <laughs> 
Just to finish off then, final uh, of the week, my album of the week was uh, yeah. Blue is the Colour by the Beautiful South. That's a Chelsea um, song, isn't it? Blue is the colour, football is yeah. the colour. Uh, so so this is a band that was very, very big when I was a kid. A uh, very big yep. kind of pop band. They had a lot of hits like Perfect 10, she's a perfect 10, but she wears a 12, da, 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 and Rotterdam. This could yeah, be, be Rotterdam, Rotterdam or anywhere, anywhere, or anywhere. Or a few others. Don't marry her. Da, da. So I, I heard them on the radio the other day, and I thought I'd, I'd give it a go. And um, they're a very strange band, because they do have some... They, This album went like five times platinum. It was a huge album, sold millions. Um, and it does have some very, very good songs on it, including Don't Marry Her and uh, Rotterdam. Yeah. Also has some very weird stuff on it. Some ver- some lyrics that are just, I don't know if they're supposed to be bad. They're so bad, okay. I'm just like, very cheesy example? kind of, yeah. So, so listen to this. Um, okay. This is a song called One God. Um, a plastic world and we're all plastic too. Just a couple of different faces in a dead man's queue. The world is turning Disney and there's nothing you can do. You're trying to walk like giants, but you're wearing Pluto's shoes. Um, and then the answers fall easier from the barrel of a gun than it does from the lips of the beautiful and the dumb. The world won't end in darkness. It'll end in family fun with Coca-Cola clouds behind a Big Mac sun. <laughs> okay. Number one, I don't think Pluto wore shoes. Pluto was a dog. He was a dog. Uh, now, Coca-Cola yeah. clouds, that sounds good to me because I would just stand outside with my mouth open. Mm-hmm. Big Mac son. Ooh, yeah. baby. Let me, om, nom, 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 nom. Uh, okay, so are they saying, it, oh, consumer is a man, the world's gotten to shit? like that, which I don't even necessarily mind. Okay, that's a sentiment. It's a bit cliche, but that's fine. But just like, there's a lot of other stuff, a lot of other lyrics that are sort of like that, that sort of... I think I meant to sort of sound clever, but they really make me cringe. Okay. So that's why yeah. overall, like, they, I had to give the album a decent score because it had such two really good songs on it. But overall, I just was like getting a bit of the the, the shivers up the spine. Yeah, Rotterdam is is a banger. To be fair, that is really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, that's going to do it for the week. Um. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, yep. We'll be back next week for the last couple of shows before Christmas, where we probably won't have any special features. We'll just do the normal shit, but it will be Christmas. Um, yes. So don't forget, you can get all the back catalogue on chairshoppodcast.com. You can also email us yeah. via Uh You can tweet us. I won't see it. One of the lads might see it. I might log in and check it. I don't know. I'll see it. I'll see it. Paul, 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 read your little tweet. Um, (laughs) That's a good way to get people to do it. Paul, read your little, your little insignificant tweet. Yeah. (laughs) So that uh, does it for another week. So thank you for joining us. And it just leaves me to say uh, goodbye from me, uh, Joe Towner by Towner, and goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye.